Hey, what's up, guys? The Zero for Hire podcast, and I am engaging in a thought experiment that's probably one of the worst ideas I've ever had. And uh, yeah, I want to talk about it because I came up with a joke in a personal group chat that I'm in. And the more I articulated this joke, the more it started to seem like a bad idea. And yet, the idea is sticking with me. So here's the joke. The joke was, I feel like all church leaders should have to spend time in gaming forums so that they can see what the rest of the world operates like. Now, the general pushback that I got is... Are gaming forums a good representation of the rest of the world? And so, first I have to kind of dispel some ideas here. One, there's a difference between personal interaction and online interaction. Where, in online interaction, people are going to deal with you in a way that they wouldn't deal with you in real life. It's much easier to be glib and dehumanize people without having real accountability online because in person, you run the risk of getting slapped or chewed out or somebody just generally holding you accountable for the terrible things that you're saying. So that's not likely to happen. But, but, it's a part of our life now. And it's a way that we need to be able to deal with people because that's, I'm going to say, maybe the lion's share of the interaction you get as you kind of grow in popularity and notoriety in the world. That may not be true for a lot of people, but if, let's say, you're you're in a leadership of a business or a church or something like that, and people start to take notice... A lot of what's being said about you is going to be in print media, it's going to be online, it's going to be on social media, and you have to learn how to deal with that. You have to learn how to interact with people on that level. Now, you can choose not to, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist, and that doesn't mean that they go away. It just means that you're choosing to turn a blind eye to that version of interaction, and that's one of the reasons that I made the statement I said. Now... There are a bunch of things about my statement, about my idea, that are conflated. And it's and it's a layered joke. And it's not necessarily meant to be a funny joke. It's just an expression that I'm making. And there, there's a lot of reality to it. But I, I have to break it down to its most basic level. Because if you focus too much on some of the specifics of what I'm saying... Not everybody's gamers. Not everybody takes gamers seriously. Not everybody agrees that that's the best use of your time. And so a lot gets lost in translation of what I'm actually trying to say here. Um, there is an element of being all things to all men. But that that generally means... like We, we, we generally say that in terms of preaching the gospel. We don't generally say that in terms of interacting with people and I think that there is something lost when it comes to the mundane 
And so that's what I want to talk about. So I got some I got some points here to try to help break down what I'm actually trying to communicate. And I realize that there are several ideas that are being conflated. So maybe I can break some of that apart. So the first point. There's trying to understand the dynamic between socializing and evangelism in this modern age. Um, As the church, we are charged with spreading the gospel, with making disciples. And I think a lot of us see that as different modes of evangelism. So there's just generally uh, telling someone your testimony and witnessing to them that way. There are people that will go out and hold up signs and open air preach and street preach and interact with the public that way. There are people who plant churches and they stand in the pulpit. There are people who engage in various ministries that are meant to serve the community. And none of that is socializing. And I think that socializing actually gets removed from the equation. Um, One of the first miracles that we read about I think the very first miracle that we read about from Jesus was performed at a social event, at a wedding, which meant that Jesus had to have had some sort of social life. And we do read about different situations where he's going to the temple and he's teaching the crowds as as the teacher, as the rabbi, and, and they're coming to him on those terms. But then we have all these other situations where he's interacting with people on a personal social level. And I think that's been lost. I really I really feel like a lot of that is being lost. Um not completely lost, but not on the terms that people need. So this is where things are going to get very biased. I have a I have a hard hard biased because I am I consider myself to be fairly educated, but I'm also trash. I'm also very low class. I'm poor. I am a not like an unimportant person. I don't have high status. There may be some people who hold me in high regard in terms of how they view me in the world, but in the general scheme of the world, I am an unimportant person with very low status. I have very low resources and maybe my greatest resource is my intellect which allows me to be able to do things that other people can't necessarily do like media podcasting and building things and being creative like I'm, I'm able to do these things because I'm creative and intelligent but I don't think I've done anything in such a way where it changes my social status. So I'm a very, very low on the totem pole there. I don't have a lot of authority. I don't have a lot of uh, clout. I'm just, I'm not a famous person. I'm not that guy. And so when I talk about that stuff, I mean, it's actually quite audacious that I even have a podcast because who cares what I'm saying, right? But this is the world we live in. And so... To be someone who is higher on a social scale, I think it's very difficult. The higher you rate, you go up on the social scale, it's, it's, it becomes more difficult to engage with people that you either see as lower on the scale or people who see you as higher on the scale. It's, it's becomes, the wider the gap, the harder it is to engage with people. 
because most of your engagements come from a position of authority where it's not on a level field. So that was the one that was one aspect that I was addressing with this joke. Um, in a gaming forum, it may be a little too specific, but it is a social event where you're centered around something that's not you. And for the most part, you don't matter. It's very humbling to go into a group. Like I, I, I talk a lot about the game Pal World. It was a very interesting concept on the game. It was getting a lot of buzz. I was hearing about all these things about it. And I said, okay, that sounds fun. And I went and downloaded the game. And my wife downloaded the game and we played it. And we were like, wow, there's some interesting stuff about this game, but it doesn't really tell you a whole lot. And so we went on Facebook and found groups and found that people were learning silly things about the game and they were sharing tips and tricks and there were all these weird glitches that people made. And so all of these people suddenly converged into this one Facebook group. And Facebook is just like the most accessible of all online forums. I mean, that's, this, that's a place where your mom and your aunt and your weird uncle and old people can find a group and just talk about stuff. It's it's very mundane. It's very vulgar, vulgate. It's it's very lowbrow, low hanging fruit, common denominator. That's Facebook, and that's that's where we were, and that's where we found a very rapidly growing pal world group. People were sharing things, and so I joined the group, and then I would. Uh, Whenever I would log into Facebook, I would see two or three posts from people. I say, "This is interesting. Let me read." Oh, look what that guy did. That's kind of cool. And so, it's it's less about the game, and more about the interaction and the accessibility around this common interest. You could replace Power World with sneakers, or baseball caps, or recipes, or dogs. Matter of fact. I am in a group about comics. I'm actually in several groups about comics, uh, indie comics cr creators. Um, I'm in groups about the state that I live in, looking for things to do. My wife is in a Fortnite group for moms. Uh, she's in a, f um, a lot of dog and pet groups about specific breeds of dogs. And everybody's just converging and having conversations about how goofy this particular breed of dog is. And so, like, that's what people do in, this, in these social environments. And it's not so much about who you are or a cult of personality, but it's people around a common interest. And the whole point is people being interested. And the thing that makes it different from groups about Christianity is it's a lot less arguing about interpretations of Scripture and the mishandling of Scripture and things like that, which is what I feel like a lot of Christian groups just evolve into is just these, like, very milquetoast, vanilla, pointless memes. Or just um, a, a very pretty font and script of a scripture every day. Which is nice, but I mean, it's not engagement. There's nothing to really talk about. There's just, you have your daily scripture, and maybe some people choose to talk about that. But it's a different sort of thing. Um especially when you're all Christians. Now, when you're when you're not connected by your faith, you're not connected by your politics, you're not connected by anything other than your love for this one, you know, brand of candy 
or this or this one type of microphone or just you know what I mean like if when that's the only common denominator you have the diversity becomes deafening and that's my that leads me to my second point people are much more open to engaging conversations about things they like if you say I like baseball caps and then you find a Facebook group about baseball caps and somebody says yo check out this cap that I got at the farmer's market and you see it and you're like wow that's pretty dope and you're like you you make a comment hey that's a pretty dope hat congratulations on such a cool find you know like that's the that's the engagement that's the point of engagement and you find yourself either congratulating and celebrating and taking part in people's victories along with a total stranger and finding community around the interest and love of this thing or the exact opposite, being toxic and hating and slamming on the chuds and all of this around this one topic. But that's the one thing that never changes, generally. Um, and, and, and to that point, people are going to be very honest and critical in ways that you're not used to seeing. Now, this, is, this doesn't lean into my bias, but this is, again, setting more of, a, of an expectation for these forums. Somebody might think that your hat totally sucks and you're like, ah, that's trash, man. I've seen, I've seen hats from that company before. They just fall apart or whatever. Same thing with uh, Pal World. It, it, it started with, hey, people are calling this Pokemon with guns and the Pokemon people were just want to hate it and they just wanted Pokemon to sue them for daring to do something similar. And the people who were, uh, let's call them disenchanted Pokemon fans, were happy to have something that kind of catered to their interests in a way that they had been looking for where Pokemon Company and Game Freak dropped the ball, quite honestly. And that's what a lot of the comic, the conversation was circling around in the beginning. And then it became... I'm not going to get into the, into the PAL world hole because there's some other points I want to touch on. Um, now, our resident theologians are in social bubbles. And this is these these next couple points kind of build on each other. So I need to maybe rattle off these last ones. Uh, this puts you they're in social bubbles and, and, and this is paired with being in an online forum like a Facebook group or something. It put, should it should put you in a place where you're not the authority or in control. You're not the admin you're not pastor so-and-so. You're not evangelist and apostle so-and-so. You're not person with great social status. You're just user number 454, and you're talking about the thing that you have in common. And everyone is, to a large degree, on equal playing field. There are people who have different personality types, and they kind of can compete in positive and negative ways, but you will start to see that you have some vulnerabilities when you're in this situation. Especially when you're a religious leader, because now you can't assert, well, I have a greater understanding of Scripture, therefore my opinion of this brand of baby wipes holds more weight. That's completely irrelevant at that point. Because now you're in a space where somebody can be critical, and they say, nobody cares about what your upbringing was these baby wipes use this chemical and that's bad or something. You know what I mean? Like, and they can just engage on 
the facts and opinions and the material of the subject and who you are and your background and your studies and all that goes away and you just become a single voice in the crowd socializing with other people. This is not on the grounds of ministry. This is not on the grounds of spreading the gospel. We will get there, but we're not on that grounds yet. And I think that it is important to find a place where you are humbled and you have to choose to continue to humble yourself so that you can find commonality with your fellow men. Because the user who you have a slight disagreement with about the quality of the fabric used on this product might be a master carpenter, might be a total bum 14-year-old high school kid who doesn't know anything. Or they might be a, a bagger at a grocery store. Or they might be a, a, a world-renowned surgeon. You don't know. Maybe after looking into it, you can find out. Maybe they can bring that to the conversation. But at, initially, that doesn't matter. And so you don't get to just throw your weight around. And, and you're just engaging with other minds purely based on the love or hatred or common knowledge of this of this particular product opinion versus opinion or you know you guys are in agreement and what you would hope for is that you would be in agreement and you would also learn to pick your battles because you would you flip through and you see all of the things that people are saying about this ladder that's on the market and maybe you just want to find common conversation with people who like the same things about this ladder and you're saying hey that's really great man I'm glad for you and you're you're learning to be happy for other people for their victories so and in the gaming forum that that's generally what tends to happen so I see people asking questions if I know how to answer the question I'll answer it um but I'm also kind of a confrontational person. So if I see a person struggling and they're asking a question and somebody gives them a profoundly unhelpful answer, I'll just be like, wow, that's profoundly unhelpful. And then I will follow up with an answer, with an actual answer. Because it's like, why would you just like dunk on somebody for not knowing? That's not very cool. And what I'm trying to do is help regulate the, um, the decorum of that particular forum. And if you go in there and people are being just trash to each other, just being jerks and everybody seems to be doing it and that's accepted and nobody pushes back on that, then you say, oh, okay, well, this is just a toxic place where people are just mean to each other. But if you're in a, in a conversation and somebody is just taking it too far and somebody says, hey, not cool, man, you're taking it too far, then you realize, okay, we're here to be civil and I can enjoy these people's company. We're just going to have to stand up for ourselves a little bit. We're going to have to stand up for each other a little bit. And then you find that coming out of you in, in, in a situation where you probably wouldn't have done that before. Wow, I'm standing up for a total stranger. Like He didn't deserve that. Hey, it's cool, man. I, I understand what it's like to be frustrated. I was on that level, and here's what I did. I hope this helps. But you're not in authority or control. Actually, you're contributing to the culture of that particular social circle. And it's the culture that kind of dictates how people behave. You don't get to just impose a rule and say, therefore, because I said so. But you can assert a particular behavior and other people catch on. And then because people are leaning that direction, 
It just becomes a general understanding of this is how you should behave without your decree from on high, which is very nice. It's nice when you say, man, I finally made it to level 30 and people are like, good job, dude. Look out for this thing or here's a tip about level 30 or, you know, all, the, all that stuff. That, that's great, man. That's community. Now, how can you be salt and light? Salt and light in that environment. I think I just talked about that a little bit. Contributing to the culture and being the type of person that you want to see in that culture. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's something powerful about the demonstration by example. Because you don't get to just decree things from on high. At the same time, things don't always go your way. And so it becomes rather difficult and disheartening sometimes when you find yourself in a situation where it seems like the darkness is winning. And it makes you want to sit back and question, like, why is the darkness winning? Am I doing it right? Am I, am I being a good representation of Christ in this situation? Or am I not? Because you're not directly confronting darkness with the gospel in this situation. You're just, you're learning how to be a normal person. And there are more situations where you have to learn how to be a normal person and you don't get to just throw your weight around and say, because I decree from on high. How do you engage in that, in that circle? How do, you be, how do you become salt and light in that type of an environment? That's a skill that is way underdeveloped for most people. Because we don't think about it that way. Because we find, a, we find it easier to justify our toxic behavior because we can find some scriptures to back it up. And that's not necessarily the case. And then the last thing is gamers are not going to pander to you because you're a pastor. They're probably going to dunk on you harder because you're a pastor. So that's not something you want to be throwing out there. There's a lot of people in some of these groups... And this is the example. I talked about it in a, in a different podcast. So now I get to get into the weeds a little bit. So what happened was people were doing all these things like I was saying. Playing the game, running in the glitches, sharing exploits, talking about you shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't exploit because they're eventually going to remove that. And then it's not going to be fun because you can't cheat anymore. And then there was some a lot of conversations about the morality of exploiting the game and using glitches or whether or not you should just play it normal. Uh, There's a lot of conversations about the fact that you were allowed to change the settings to make things easier because it was just right there on the menu screen for you to do it. Uh, There's a lot of conversations about different mechanics in the game and how they affect gameplay. And it was a very robust series of conversations. And then people started showing off their bases. And there was a girl who she had hanging plants and tables and chairs with nice fine china and a deck. And she just made it look like a real house. It was very cozy. It was very quaint. Somewhere where you want to be. And I commented on how this was a wonderful representation of the difference between men and women because most of the men in the group had three walls and just all of our tools lined up and nothing was really complete. And it was just shacks you know, very shabby looking shacks because you can't like in the game, there's a mechanic where you can sleep at night and you can recover your strength, but you can't sleep unless you have a roof over your head. So most guys were doing the bare minimum, two or three walls and a roof. And that was it. And even I had gotten to like make this really tiny boxy shack where these girls were spending time making it beautiful, making it a cozy place. And I was saying, 
This game is really amazing because there's truly something for everyone. You can just rush through and play the game with the bare minimum, or you can take your time and make yourself comfortable. Isn't that wonderful? And people agreed. People were marvel. I mean, it was. It, I thought the game was worthy of praise for that aspect. And then later that week, somebody posted a giant cross. They had made a giant cross on their base. And there's, I don't know, I don't care who you are. If you see a 30-foot cross, there's something divine about that. Not just the symbolism of the cross. I mean, it's it's just giant. And it's it's like, wow. And And in my mind, I was like, that's dope. I want one. I can't wait to play again so I can build one for myself. And in other people's minds, they saw their hatred for Christ and their hatred for Christianity. And they lost their freaking minds. They started posting literal blasphemies of various kinds. And this was a week ago, two weeks ago. It still hasn't stopped. I think the most recent one I saw, somebody had drawn a picture of one of the characters crucified with another character praying to that one saying happy Sunday. So that was on Sunday. Um, somebody drew there. There's a character. There's a, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just call it a character. There's a character on the game that looks like a half man, half goat. To me, it looks like the most demonic thing I've ever seen, but I don't comment on that. Somebody took that character and drew it in a pentagram and wrote praises to Satan and posted it on the group simply to spite the Christians. And so what has happened here is someone posted in the in the spirit of community a giant cross and other people thought it was cool and had started commenting on how cool they thought. And the people who hate Christ couldn't help themselves and they just they've been taking it overboard ever since. And so regular people, they're trying to shame regular people from posting. And every once in a while, you'll see somebody else post a giant cross on their base. And so it, it becomes like, and they're calling it a religious war. But really, it's they're trying to shame people from doing that. And because we won't back down, they're just going to keep pushing the blasphemy harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And little did I know there are so many memes and gifts. And, and different things that involve Jesus that can be posted. And there is so much blasphemy and hatred for Christ. And these people are relentless because they hate Christ. And, and one person posted in one of the comment sections about one of these that he says, y'all are doing exactly what the Bible says you would do in mocking God right down to the most minute detail. And you're just proving the case that the Bible makes. Um, but it's not about winning over you know, it's not about dunking on the chuds. For them, it is. For them, it's about dunking on the chuds. We're just so stupid because we believe in religion. But for the religious Christians that also play the game, we started finding genuine community, and they didn't like that. And so now we're have, we have this situation where it's like, what do you do when you find a community where you're enjoying each other's company and you can just be a part of the crowd and you're bringing good elements of your personality out where you're encouraging the people and you're making friends and you're having fun but then all of a sudden you are very heavily discouraged from any expression of faith because on what you have one instinct to defend that and to 
stand firm in the face of that. And then you have the other reaction of maybe I shouldn't just shouldn't post this stuff. But then also, this is a good way for me to find other Christians to, to befriend and maybe have real Christ, like Christian relationships with in real life that can lead to things. Um, I've, I've had conversations. This is how I meet people now. I have friends that I've met that we have conversations and phone calls and we help each other through problems. And this is how it happens. And it, it's easy to minimize and say, well, just have friends in real life. You know, and I think that's a very short-sighted and closed-minded approach to this issue. Because what you're really saying is like, let let the Satanist people have that and just focus on something else. But again, the reason this is what I engage with is because this is something that I enjoy. And, and then this gets back to the part of it where there's some fault on my part, where I have a bias... I don't get along with a lot of church people, especially when they have that really plastic CEO LinkedIn type vibe and they, and they use this insincere vernacular way of speaking where I can't be myself and I can't be a real person. I have to behave in the approved manner or else I'll be seen as a bad Christian. And I'm not even talking about being sinful, but like I'm not going to lie so that you feel like I'm a better person like I'm myself I'm I'm who I am and I I am striving to be holy and I'm striving not to live in sin just like every other Christian should be but that doesn't mean I have to be fake and I have to completely shift my paradigm on how I use words and how my interactions are because it it's not real and you can see it's not real because when you go into a forum, when you go into a group, even in real life, and you talk to people the way that they talk and you interact with people the way that they interact, and you're not trying to assert your authority on them as a religious figure or whatever, just being the normal person, you can see how they act. You can see how they talk. And if it's not sinful, that's better. That's even better because you're like, okay, I can just interact with these people. I can just be a normal dude. And I don't have to be the important guy in the room. And if people want to attribute some sort of um, validity or clout to what I'm saying, if they want to uh, hold my opinion in high regard, that's purely their prerogative. I'm not, I don't need to assert myself on people like that. I just need to express myself to other people who are open um, um, to, to other people who sympathize with my way of thinking. It helps me process things. This is why I podcast. But I could never like go to a radio station and be like, hey, I'd like to do a three o'clock show. They'd be like, who are you? What have you done? What are your accomplishments? Blah, blah, blah. How much clout do you have? Why should we care? I don't care. Well, then don't. No, I'll just do my own little dumb podcast. I'll post it on YouTube or something. And if people like it, they like it. But that... Even when I was in church leadership, and I do have this background, I approached it with such a level of disappointment because I felt like these are people that are supposed to be of a higher caliber. You know, they're supposed to understand. And really, it just showed me that these are people who have memorized the talking points, who have the approved way of thinking, who know the, the right answer, quote unquote, 
to the question and are largely like the same people that fall apart when the real tests and when the real problems show up. Because when I was in, when I was a young man living in Obama's America during the recession, unable to work the job that I had trained in, I was a DJ. I had trained for about five years to become a DJ and I was working as a DJ in various clubs and bars and singing karaoke and stuff. And I was doing well for myself until the recession came and people had less money to spend. And all of a sudden, those jobs dried up very, very quickly. They went to the radio station and I had to find a different line of work. And good luck getting an answer from a pastor in that town during that time because all they had was platitudes to offer. And it was profoundly unhelpful. So, I don't know, man. Uh, that's my experience. You don't need, pl- you don't, you don't. I don't, I can't take life advice from a guy who doesn't have a real job. You know what I mean? And like, I see in my head a like a movie scene being played out about the, you know how they have these like um, the guy who thinks differently type movies and he, he goes into this environment and he completely flips on how they think. And, you know, in the, in this scene in my head, they're, they're having this leadership meeting and he's asking people, so what do you, what do you, what do you do for work? What's your line of work? And they're like, Oh, well I'm the, you know, assistant director of this ministry here at the church. And, and no, yeah, but what do you do for work? And and they have this doughy-eyed look because that's what they do. And he says, okay, I want you guys to, okay, we're going to cut several of these meetings out of the schedule for the week. I want you guys to go out into the community and get a part-time job working with normal people one or two days a week. And that was kind of like the catalyst for the joke that I made. This is this was like a scene that I saw that I just dreamed up in a movie, but that's how I saw it was you you spend so much time in church and in church leadership meetings and and in this bubble that you forget how to interact with regular people. And then you get thrust into a situation where you have to go get a normal job and be a normal person and you suddenly realize I don't know how. You know, and and in this dream, he was he was saying to one of the directors, um, "Okay, if you weren't on the leadership team, what would you do for work?" And he would say, "Oh, well, then I would just apply to become the executive director of blah blah blah, some corporate thing." He's like, "Okay, this is exactly the problem with why the church is being seen in this community the way it is." So here's what I want you guys to do, and then he directed them to go get normal jobs at hardware stores and grocery stores and stuff. I don't know. This is changing the way I think, but I've been interacting with people and I'm seeing there's a lot of stay-at-home moms, a lot of people who are new new parents that have kids that just play after work, uh, different various walks of life of different kinds and we find this thing in common and we're having a great time. But then somebody brings up Jesus and the forces of Satan are strong against that. And as long as we're willing to let that happen, then we just just surrender these people to darkness because we don't know how to fight that type of fight. And so this is something that I will be praying about because I want to learn how to fight that type of fight without 
without being obnoxious, without being cringy, without using corporate doublespeak and being coming off to people as plastic because that's not what they want. That's not what they need. A friend of mine said something about how there was a they had set up a metaverse church in VR. And I'm like, this is exactly what people don't want. Nobody in these groups is looking for that. That's why they're posting hell Satan memes, because they think that it's a joke. They think that you're a joke. And I think that they've never actually encountered the power of Christ. And I think we stand in the way of them encountering the power of Christ because we can't be normal people. Like, we're never going to be Jesus at the well. We're always going to be Jesus in the, in the synagogue. You know, we're always going to be Jesus preaching at the temple. We want to be Jesus performing miracles and and breaking bread for a thousand and all these glorious moments. But we never want to be Jesus at the well. We never want to be Jesus at Martha's house and she's running around frantically and you're just like there. Jesus at the wedding before the miracle, you know, just normal dude. Jesus hanging out with the religious leader trying to trying to explain to him, uh, Zachariah, trying to explain to him how salvation works. Yet that's where that conversation led and it led to real impact, but he had to be a normal dude. He had to be on that level with Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was a religious leader. I get that. I understand. I understand the nuance there. I get it. But I'm saying all of these situations where Jesus was with normal people, we got to get to there too. We can't go out into the highways or the byways and invite thieves and stuff doing cringy music videos about how hurt and broke people are. Just be normal, dude, and, and be attractive with the gospel, and it will attract people. Not, I'm not saying only do that, but I'm saying like that's a way of fighting that I, we need to pray about, that I need to pray about, that I'm putting out there for conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and uh, I'm going to make this one a free and open podcast so it's easily accessible to everyone. On a Tuesday? Wow. So normally on the Zero for Hire podcast, I am starting a new thing where I I post all of my podcasts for my paid subscribers and they get them as they come out. And for everyone else, they are unlocked on Mondays. So on Monday morning, you will get the podcast that I allow to be unlocked and you can get them on YouTube as well. I would prefer that you subscribe on YouTube or that you subscribe on Substack where all this originates, but I'm just trying to find an, a system that works for me and my subscribers um, so that we can still engage with people. And um, yeah, that's what this is going to be. So this will be the last one that I just release on a random day. And uh, because it was such an important conversation, I need to put it up where... Uh, the people in my group chat can access it because they don't subscribe to my podcast. And uh, for everyone else, thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's what I was talking about. Am I wrong? Do you agree? Uh, don't just passively listen. I, I'm truly interested in hearing what you have to say. Uh, the best way to do that is to is to subscribe on Substack. The second best way to do that is to comment on YouTube. So either way, I will talk to you then. And uh, you guys know the drill. Stay holy. Thank you.